It is Wednesday, February 10th, and you are listening to Steve Sachs Syndrome. Electric guitars. I am Scott Bunn. And I am Tom Chalmers, and this is your Indie Sports Radio. That's it. We're we're done with the NFL season. Um, and we're here. I can't actually believe it's here. I'm actually a little bit like, what are we doing now? And when we're when we're lost, when we're directionless. We look for one person, our captain, captain, my captain, captain Josh Battenhorst. Welcome back, Josh. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Always a pleasure. And and I will try to set the the sails in the direction where from towards which we should go. Uh, but you know, it has been a long day, so okay, I'm just doing the best I can. But yes, we will hold on to discussion of football for this uh, week before we set about taking our next episodes just playing uh, john cage's six months of silence um yeah. well <laughs> i mean we're talking a big game but we know like in two weeks we'll be like let's talk about nfl transactions for yes. four hours and also it's only three weeks away until march madness begins right so there's stuff there <laughs> Um, but here we are on uh, mild-mannered Monday uh, after Super Bowl Sunday, and uh, we have crowned a new champion. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are your 2020-2021 NFL Super Bowl champions. It's kind of hard to even say it out loud. I know that Tampa Bay has won a Super Bowl before, uh, actually beat your favorite team, the Raiders, Tom. Um <laughs> But and it was I don't know like maybe we'll get some calls about this to the station but it was true that when um we were thinking about like potential guests like oh do we have do we know any Buccaneers fans no no we don't like (laughs) I'm sure that they're out there like I even know Jacksonville Jaguars fans but yeah Tampa Bay fans it just seems um yeah is that a thing josh do you know any tampa bay fans i can say that my only real trip to florida was to clearwater Mm -hmm. so that's in the vicinity of tampa and you can drive over a bridge to tampa so uh i and i'm not sure that i saw a single buccaneers hat or t-shirt while i was in the city itself actually so I'm, i'm i'm pretty sure they're a myth but you know, I've also <laughs> been reading uh, some uh, some some Odysseus and some Iliad this year. So myths, you know, they're powerful. So uh, right. and, and as they proved to be, just yesterday, I, I went to Tampa for work last year, and there are um, there are fans. There's a stadium. I can attest to all of that. Oh, okay, um, all right. And Tampa's okay. It's it's a pretty good city. But yes, um, not sure of the void. Tom, how about you? Do you mean Champa Bay? <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I was sort of surprised to go. Uh, so uh, my friend uh, Jason of Heather and Jason, who we know, mm-hmm. um, he was like, cool. I was born in Tampa. Yeah. you know. So is he a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan? I don't know about that. Is he like, cool. <laughs> the city I was born is represented in a sport. Yes. Um, and, but and, yeah, and- so... It is odd that we're like, we didn't even know anybody from Tampa Bay, and yet they have yeah. won the Stanley Cup. 
They made it to game six of the World Series with the Tampa mm-hmm. Bay Rays, and they have won the Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, well, and they're not also looking the, down our nose at Tampa. They're also the only few months. The only team to ever attempt to have an orange creamsicle jersey, I think, <laughs> as well, sure. throughout the early '80s. That orange creamsicle is—it's a—it's a color that not a lot of people ever want to put on, much less can pull off. It was sweet. I love those uniforms, and I love that logo. The the kind of dashing guy um, on the helmet was always great. But yeah. another fun nickname, fun in quotes, um, is it's also Tampa Bay for Tom Brady, um, who um, now uh, we've all now seen the stats for um, however many 24 hours of um, – he now has won seven Super Bowl uh, champions, more than any any singular NFL franchise, and um, yeah. Um, so let's let's get into it. We usually watch the Super Bowl together, and that was one of the reasons why I was excited to have Josh on the show because yeah, we usually get together at one of our houses. We eat good food. We tell good jokes. The room gets a little smellier, um, and <laughs> it um, just gets to be a, it's a, a fun time. So I missed you guys. I, I, I second everything that you just said. Uh, we have a tradition at my house of making tamales. I'm not exactly sure when or how it started, uh, but the tamales did happen. Uh, you'll be glad to know, because you guys didn't get to eating them, that at, at, uh, at go time, at kickoff, the tamales were not yet done. They were still a little mm. sticky. They didn't get fully done until the second half. So you didn't miss much, at least in the first half. But uh, there, there's leftovers if anybody's interested. Please just raise your hand. And uh... <laughs> I, I am. Uh, yeah, and ju- that along with how the game played out, it's just, yeah, my, yeah. my the, the word I carry forward is disappointed. Mm. Um, I, uh, someone I know, uh, you know, on Facebook posted a very similar thing that I was thinking like, well, you know, whoever wins, it should be a really good game. And I really think that was our energy going in. Uh, I sort of wanted Kansas City to win, but uh, fine. You know, I wasn't strong, but I was just like, I just want to see video, you know, you know, video game. You know, <laughs> I want to see like that, that Chiefs Rams game from Monday night, yeah. a couple seasons back. That's what I was like, yeah, can it be like 54, 51? Like, can we just, whoa, <laughs> because of that's what I wanted. I know those teams are capable of that. Um, I am watching the game uh, with someone who was like, wait, who is this team? What? And I was trying to like, oh, no. See the little guy? He scrambles around, makes all this fun stuff happen. Um, and so she was like, oh, I'm running for that team now. And then just they just they didn't do all the things that, you know, they had not. They'd only lost once in 25 games. He never lost a game by more than seven points. There's all these things that's just never happened before. Not not scoring a touchdown. Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs not scoring a touchdown. All of that is just unthinkable. Yeah, Mahomes, um, Mahomes' teams uh, have scored a touchdown in every game he's played in, dating back to high school. This is the first time that he has played on a team that hasn't scored a touchdown in a game uh, back in high school. Yeah, I had the same experience energy here. Uh, Jenny and the kids were you know, excited. It's a Super Bowl. And uh, Jenny was rooting for trick plays too, you know. And yeah, right after halftime, they were like, can we turn this off? Um, And so like, this goes back to (laughs) like, I kind of get a little bit of 
grief of like, daddy, how come you never watch the Super Bowl with us? You always go off with your friends. And I was like, well, it's kind of like a, a way to celebrate the end of the season and everything like this. But then like, yeah, in the second half, they were like, can we turn this off and watch something else? And I was like, this is why I go. (laughs) Because even though it's a bad game, I still like to watch it. It's sort of like for the record, I want to, want to see how it how it all turns out and so i went upstairs in the bedroom watched it on the computer while they watched ferdinand so i was like (laughs) this is why i usually why i usually go out josh did you guys uh hold through the entire thing i i did amber i think sort of extracted herself at some point but i think i and the three dogs all sat through the the (laughs) whole thing um yeah, no, I mean, Todd, Todd's name, Todd Super Bowls, right? You know, he's the one, he, he was the the difference, I think. And things, everybody looking back, this is one of those things where hindsight is twenty twenty. When you look back, you go, well, yeah, why did I think that the Chiefs were going? Because I, I thought the Chiefs were going to win. But why did I think the Chiefs were going to win? Well, because of all the things that Tom said, but it makes a lot of sense. You've got you know, you've got a team. It's for one thing, it's hard to beat the same team twice in the same year. Like that just is, that's difficult and to turn back around. And, and especially you got to think that Tampa Bay has learned so much over the last few weeks and we've watched them just get better and better and better. And Todd Bowles defense was very, very good. And the places where his defense are natural was naturally good was where the chiefs were missing people. They had second you know, second string people that were, you know, banged up and they just didn't figure out a way to adapt to give, to just to, to give Mahomes more time. So, uh, yeah. so kudos to those guys. Cause that was really kind of like, I think that was the difference. And also Byron Leftwich did a great job mm-hmm. with the, with the, the offense, the Buccaneers offense was literally unstoppable unless they were at, were on the one yard line. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that seemed to like be like the sweet spot for Kansas city's defense is like, as long as you're on our one yard line, we can stop you. But otherwise they had nothing going for them. And there were some bad calls and things, but, you know, for the most part, I did stick through the whole thing. Though. Well, good. Uh, one thing that sort of hung over the game, I don't mean to bring the room down, but th- there was the situation in which Andy Reid's son, who's also yeah. a coach on the team, was involved in a car accident in which passengers in the other car suffered injuries, including a young child, you know, some, you know uh, major injuries. So yeah. just the idea of like, God, they just seem off. They just, this, yeah. you know, Andy Reid coming off two weeks off a bye, you know, they, God, they just seem off. And I just felt like that. And I was, you know, I understood why they didn't really mention it till sort of towards the tail end of the game because for, but as soon as I again mentioned that to my wife, she was like, Oh, of course. She's like, now this game yeah. totally makes sense to me. And it was like, yeah, yeah they got to, like, wait, his son and that and he's in the hot. Well, oh, of course. So it made a lot of sense to her as a viewer that that narrative would, yeah, of course. How are you going to focus on that kind of thing? So, uh, I, I, you know, I really hope, obviously, that everything works out as best as it can. But that clearly, there's, you know, when you just look at the numbers, that that coaching staff has never been that outperformed before. When you yeah. look for reasons, that that does seem like a strong one. Yeah, and uh, back to back to the field, uh, what was happening on the field too. But I think you're you're right, Tom. I, I think 
it did hang hang over that team it seemed like um but um yeah at, like Josh was saying Todd Bowles have the perfect strategy which is what the Bills tried to do to the Chiefs two weeks ago and couldn't do it which is like play in a sort of deep shell have your safeties back and then hope for pressure just with your front four without having to blitz anybody and that's the kind of recipe to play against um Mahomes and the Chiefs but you know the Bills don't have the defensive um uh, defensive talent that the Bucks do and as you say they were also going against the second string linemen but those linebackers Levante David and Devin White are just great um and so they could sort of control Kelsey as well and um and yeah I, I and as you said Josh I've been I've been thinking that too. Tampa Bay as a whole, but especially that defense got better as the, as the season went on. Um, And, you know, in the playoffs, you know, they had to go through uh, Taylor Heineke, but then after that they beat Drew Brees uh, and then Aaron Rodgers and then Patrick Mahomes. That's really impressive of uh, three quarterbacks to, uh, and all of those on the road, except for the Super Bowl, of course, um, that's really impressive to get there um, to win the Super Bowl. And don't underestimate that last little bit that you said, though, because I, you know, any s- small advantage you can get can can be a big advantage. This just sleeping in your own bed, waking yeah. up and not having to like figure out, you know, uh, where you're going to eat and like putting together the team meals. I think that that neutral site that it's the Super Bowl is kind of supposed to be. Bec- uh, clearly became a home field advantage for uh, for them, and also like just traveling during COVID times is even that much more stressful. Yeah. Even I'm sure they're doing it in the way that they're doing it, it's still just you know the unfamiliarity of things, and and uh, and I, and, and I, I'm sure it made so, uh, just a small amount of difference, but it but that's all that matters in in a game like that. Sure. Uh, so along with the game and some of the expected fireworks. Also, yes, I just know that I work better in combination. Uh, so I was just eating food that was like perfectly fine. And I was like, there are tamales out in the world somewhere that I could be having. There, there are, you know, like chicken finger subs being had somewhere yeah, in the world what, that I could be having. That, Instead of having perfectly fine, not, not, nothing terrible, nothing that made me ill or otherwise, but it was just like, mm, yeah. This is this is a nice B B minus the platter I put out in front of me. Mm, disappointed. So there's that because we have been at games where like okay like you know for example you know first half of the uh, Falcons Patriots game mm-hmm. um, a couple years back when our friend of the show Whalen was nice enough to host the Super Bowl party that year. So we're like oh yeah the game's not that interesting. Mm, meatballs and yeah. and chatting <laughs> kind of thing. So even if a game doesn't hold at every second, which it's probably not going to, um, you can turn away and, and find it in food and in conversation. But when the game isn't that good and the other person in the room is sort of checking their tablet and stuff, you're like, huh. Uh, so, yes, I was saying to uh, – along with food, I miss – Scott Bunn is the perfect uh, Twitter filter. Um it, you want to be watching uh, things with Scott because he's always, oh, my God, someone just said the funniest thing. And they're like, yeah, they did. <laughs> and I don't have that patience to kind of sort through the gabillion not interesting things that are said. But Scott is always good for the the, the, the choice nugget of snark from the, the interwebs. So uh, did you enjoy good things that you told yourself from yeah, along well, the way? Yeah, 
I wish I had come up with this one and I don't have this person's name, but um, this sort of encapsulates the evening. But they said the Super Bowl could have been an email, which I think <laughs> is just hilarious and just perfect. Maybe we take a break right now um, because I've got another one and it's more about Tom Brady. Uh, and uh, maybe we can talk a little bit more about Brady after the break. We've got Josh Battenhorst here. We're talking about the Super Bowl and wrapping up this season of the NFL. Uh, another good gem from Twitter last night. This this is kind of the, the weird stuff, the kind of age thing. So Tom Brady right now is older than Ed Asner was the first three seasons of the Mary Tyler Moore show. Isn't that crazy? Like, you feel like Ed Asner has been kind of like Wilford Brimley, like permanently 65, you know? <laughs> but, like, yes, Tom Tom Brady on his avocado juice and raspberry diet um, looks like he's, yeah, 27 years old. And, again, like, speaking of the Raiders and old-time Raiders, but, like, you know, George Blanda was 48 years old, kicking for the Raiders. He looked like he was like smoking on the sidelines and just like <laughs> old as the mountains and just really think. And again, like Tom Brady is like pretty much the same age as this image that I have of George Blanda in my head. So for the record, Tom Brady is a year older than I am. So there's still some time for me. I feel <laughs> yes. like uh, I, I think I sent this one to you guys, some of the companies that advertised during Tom Brady's first Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, that's right. AOL, Blockbuster, <laughs> Radio Shack, Circuit City, Cop USA, Sears, Hot Jobs, <laughs> Yahoo, Voice Stream Wireless, and good old Gateway Computers. Yeah, Ooh, that's from that's awesome. uh, John Ehrlichman. Uh, on Twitter and he and but yeah I mean that's that is a um, uh, you know I'm I'm all in on the TB12 diet now they, they were vegan tamales <laughs> all three flavors this year because you you know that well, I'm not cooking the meat this year and uh, and there were uh, we did make guacamole as well so I've got the avocado covered we didn't have any <laughs> strawberries uh, I know that Tom is very restrictive of the strawberries so we didn't do any of that and I think there's time I think that that Tom and I I'm on that that regimen with him. I'm doing some meditating now. Um, I've got a, a pretty good line on some HGH on the dark web, and I think <laughs> that we're gonna have. I think that uh, that that you're gonna see a new me pretty soon as well. Josh, yeah. not to tell tales out of school though. You've got a Yahoo email address. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I updated, but I kept the old one. I'm, I, you know, you can't just get rid of these things, right? <laughs> So, Josh, I was going to do all that, but I decided just to uh, shortcut it, and I married a model. So, you know. Oh, well, that... <laughs> you did. Yes, you did, Tom. Yes. So did. we we are getting into a little bit of territory that uh, I know makes uh, Tom a little uncomfortable. So maybe I'll I'll jump ahead his um, his reaction to sports industrial complex. You know talking about Tom Brady's legacy. And I saw this thing last night that really did make me like, oh, come on. And again, it, if it was Tom, it, the reaction would have been even more. But it was like, does Patrick Mahomes losing to Tom Brady mean that he can never catch 
Tom Brady in number of Super Bowl wins. And I was like, are we really doing this right now? Like, at least with LeBron and Michael Jordan, I get upset by that. But at least like LeBron, like Michael Jordan is retired and LeBron is at the end of his career, though still very vital. Like Mahomes, this is his third year or fourth year and Brady isn't even done yet. So like, can we rest on the legacy talk until we're done? <laughs> you know, I, I am hoping that that's one of the things that is good to come out of the Super Bowl and uh, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers winning is that conversation just just kind of goes away. Because yeah. it's just not even close. Like yeah. as you mentioned, he individually has won more Super Bowls than any franchise. So anytime yeah. like, yeah, but what like not even close. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just not even close. So yeah. um, which doesn't mean that you know, we talked about this. There were definitely stretches during the season where you're like, ooh, that that he's not reaching the wide receiver. Right. You know, he, or he's so he is not a perfect quarterback, but the ultimate judge of someone's career is did you win when you really were asked to do so more times than not and more times than anyone else ever has so there you go all right so you know you know does he have the same skill set as aaron i'll I'll just um someone did a nice thing today uh one of the shows they basically said he's had he's had three super bowl careers three seven year super bowl careers amazing I mean, uh, Hall of Fame careers, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's it's just you know he's just he just knows what to do when when you need him to do it, uh, and and looks pretty good doing it. Uh, uh, the other fun thing on Twitter were um, all the sort of grumpy pictures of Bill Belichick that people were posting, and they're like, "Here's Bill Belichick watching Gronk and Brady scoring touchdowns for the Buccaneers." Um, and so I, I wondered if um, Brady winning a Super Bowl without Belichick it was kind of like Kobe when he won a NBA championship without Shaq. If that's a if that's a interesting analogy, Josh, what do you think about that? Yeah, that I think it's a I think it's similar, or or like uh, LeBron going back to Cleveland in mm. spite of everything to win one or something like that. Yeah, but. I, what I do think it's interesting is the way that they both left Bill and the Patriots and that organization. And so I think that there's something to be said for maybe the way that the Patriots have lived on as an organization has more to do with Brady than people gave it credit for. Mm -hmm. You know, I wouldn't go so far as to say Bill Belichick is, is nothing, but maybe, Maybe Brady had a whole lot more to do with it than than it was than the system or yeah. the management or the team or the Patriot way. You know, it, maybe there's a whole lot to it, the fact that it's that it's that guy. And I think about the game itself, and I was watching it, and when there was a minute left, and Tom Brady got the ball back at the end of the first half, and they were you know they were only down like fourteen to six or something at that point, and I was like. Uh oh, twenty. This is gonna be. He's gonna find a way to get at least three, probably six uh, or seven, and 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 sure enough, he did. And you know that, and that's that killer instinct. It's the management of the game. Yeah. It's the thing that gave them the victory in the AFC. I mean, the NFC championship against Green Bay. I think was they put Green Bay against the wall in that same yeah. way, and uh, just never let up. 
So I think Bruce Arians is, you know, has really done something pretty special in, um, in Tampa Bay. How long can it last? We don't know, but also how long can Mahomes last? I, I love, I love watching Patrick Mahomes, but I don't think that he has the kind of game or the, the sort of size and that, that ages the way that, that Brady has been able to age, you know, uh, Mahomes seems to require some of that backyard scrambling stuff in order to be at his absolute best. And he holds on to the ball longer than anybody else in the league. Um, and he, in it's that sort of risk and reward thing. And he's not Deshaun Watson. He's a big guy. He's bigger than he looks kind of, but not compared to the people who are hitting him consistently. Yeah. <laughs> he's not that big, you know? So yeah, I there, worry there was- about one play when Dominican Sue just sort of pushed through his space. You know, didn't yeah. try to tackle him. I'm like, I'm just going to push through the space that you're in and just, <laughs> and you're like, oh. That guy's a menace. That guy, and Dominican Sue has been a menace since the day he hit this league. And, and he's just incredibly talented and just, but just, you know, it, it takes, unless you triple team that guy. He's, he is, he is a menace and, and honest, and he got away with one too. I don't know if y'all saw that. He definitely had a like hit across the helmet of Mahomes at a certain Mm -hmm. point. I was like, and that's so him too. Like, uh, like that guy is so dirty. He's just the dirtiest. Uh, But I love the way that the Buccaneers, they kind of like have said, Hey, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled (laughs) masses in there. And give me your Antonio Browns and your Indomitian Sues and your, and let's pull Gronkowski out of retirement and, Give me Ryan Suckup, who used to be the kicker for the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, like the, let's just pull them all together, and we'll we'll create a championship out of out of them. You know, I, I think with the Tom Brady argument, you you definitely saw with the the Buccaneers. Gosh, Tom Brady sure is good when he's on a team with a lot of other good players. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. um, there was sort of a middle period with the Patriots, uh, which is where they started to lose to the Colts in the playoffs mm-hmm. um, and Peyton Manning in the Colts. And Peyton Manning actually has a three, two advantage over him um, where you would just see Tom Brady at times being like, like, I don't have anybody to throw to. Like yeah. I just, and you could just tell that he was maybe in a slightly Aaron Rodgers way right now, just jealous of what yep. uh, the Colts had on the other side. There was just, man, they've just got, more talent at more positions than I do right now. So, you know, he's trying to lead that last drive and it comes up short because he just he just didn't have it. He was like, great, we're using like a, a converted, you know, this guy from the secondary as my yeah. top receiver. So, and, you know, which was proof last year. This is why they went out in the first round. It's like, yeah, I, there's this. So he can't like magic make things happen, uh, you know, in the way that Deshaun Watson or otherwise can. We're just like, oh my God, how did he just spin and keep going and find something from nothing? Um, but yes, if you put good players around him, oh, he will score and almost every time they they get the ball. Um, so that that was just my reminder of that there was a period where he was just you know, frustrated that the Patriots weren't feeding him. Hey, why don't we go pick up that guy? Just because. Because you never know. Maybe your one star wide receiver will get hurt for a couple of weeks. So yeah. let's have this guy to step in, which is exactly what the Buccaneers did. So there was never a situation of like, we just don't have the talent that the other team has. Uh, so I do want to um, do uh, one Buffalo Bills homer uh, as part of this in the um, – <laughs> In the first half, uh, the the refs were certainly calling um, the 
Kansas City's Chiefs secondary for a lot closer than they were in the AFC Championship games. So that was the other thing on my Twitter timeline where all the Bills uh, fans, all the uh, Twitter uh, Twitter folks that I follow were just like, really, these calls are being called now? Where was this two weeks ago? You know, so, um, so just needed to... Uh, just add that little bit of uh, bitterness. I, I don't think we would have beaten the Chiefs last week, but uh, just a just a little little bit of bitter bitter. Well, taste. one of those um, sort of very strange, unexplained phenomena that is measurable by analytics is the referees' bias for home teams mm. and it's it's one thing that they've been able to prove to, and it's not it, it is but it is not statistically insignificant the number of calls that home teams get over the course of a season the yeah. analysis that i read was it was this was when i was in in grad school but the, the analysis at that time was for soccer but they've proven it in basically every league but they don't know why they get they don't think that it's it's intentional bias on behalf of the refs but something else happens and uh, and home teams do get more calls. It just yeah. is a it is an actual fact of things that is unexplained in sports other than the refs are probably on some very basic level just kind of scared for their lives. There's like there are 80,000 people in this or more in this town who want me to make who want me to do a certain thing <laughs> and it's hard I can, I can see where that would be hard to not do that thing uh, even though you know whatever part of you just is just going oh yeah that's that's a that's a call here yeah um did want to um say um so who switched over to the puppy bowl um last night i uh, I, I watched it early mm-hmm. um so I watched the afternoon uh, serving. I don't know if that was last year's episode or whatever, but I, I watched <laughs> the, the afternoon offering, and uh, it's delightful. Yeah. I, I, Josh, how about you guys? Well, I've been, I'm more of a highlights picker when it comes to puppy bowls <laughs> and things, and so I've definitely tuned in for some of the highlights, and, and I was glad to see that the Ruffs, after two years of, of domination by the Fluffs, the Ruffs came back with a victory this year. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, and much like the, much like the other big game, there were some penalties. Uh, yeah. I know there was some, somebody, uh, dropped a deuce at the 40, uh, I saw, <laughs> uh, and that was the, the unnecessary uh, sleep I think was also found on the <laughs> sidelines. Uh, so, you know, those are the kind of penalties that will really wreck, uh, you know, the effort of a, of a puppy bowl, um, team in the making. So, uh, but good for them. Yeah, as the game got out of line, there were more and more demands to switch over to the puppy bowl more and more frequently, <laughs> and then to stay with their um, the big um, the the biggest um, laugh, and then oh, that we got was for Aaron Podgers. Um, that, uh, that was nice. really good, and then of course there was the um, the disabled puppy who had like a wheelchair and then they went to a little spot like cutaway to do a feature on this like oh this is this place where they they have um like animals who are disabled and they sort of 
you know, get them ready and then you can adopt them from there and about how these are. And I'm like, this is great. I usually would love this, you know, but (laughs) I kind of want to see what's happening on the other channel. So yeah, um, that was, that was part. And I, Tom, your, your solid move was there. Like set up the puppy bowl in the other room so you can like go in and get a taste of it when you need it. But then it's always on in the other, uh, the Super Bowl, the main event. Is, is <laughs> yes, back in the days when I, I would host the Super Bowl and those wit kids would come to the house because I have considered such things, which was there was giant projection of the football <laughs> game someplace, <laughs> good normal sized TV showing the football uh, game somewhere, and then back room, puppy ball on <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, the 1970s TV. Yes, um, always worked out well. Puppy bowl for me reminds me that uh, certain things are entrees and certain things are uh, side mm. dishes. Yes. Um, <laughs> puppy bowl, great with the kitten halftime show, hilarious kind of mm. thing. But Hallmark tries to do the kitten bowl, and if it's just cats the whole time, you're like, they don't have a linear narrative, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to apply Marshall McLuhan to the kitten bowl, but. Uh, you know, uh, that is true. There's just like, <laughs> nah, you can't, they're just like, it's just, yep, it's chaos. But again, so halftime show, which I do want to talk about the actual halftime show uh, after our break. Um, the kittens, and it's a nice, it's against a sorbet palate cleanser. Kittens, yay, kittens, <laughs> yay. Five minutes of kittens, 45 minutes of puppies kind of thing. Um, so that, that Tom was a narrative me. through line, not a narrative feline. Got Josh Batnorris here. We're putting a bow on the NBA, excuse me, the NBA season, the NFL season. The Super Bowl happened last night. You're hearing this. Um, we're recording this on the Monday immediately following the Super Bowl. Uh, so we are going to talk a little bit about how we felt about our teams. But first, uh, we do need to address the Super Bowl halftime with the weekend. No E there. Weekend. Um, and uh, <laughs> what did you guys think about the weekend singing his songs about cocaine in a family-friendly um, environment? Um, I kind of tuned out before the cocaine songs. I think, <laughs> like, I mean, uh, I can't, I could, I can't feel my face when I hear his music. So, <laughs> I, it's like, it's, uh, and that always gives me an issue. So I'm kind of like, well. You know, with this numb face and whatnot, maybe I just need to uh, uh, just uh, tune out. And so that's kind of what I did. That's when I really kind of like uh, hit Twitter. I don't know. I don't know. I, I barely remember it. No, I, I noticed the the memes that came quickly thereafter. Yes. Tom, how about you? We spoke about this last week, which I was you know, like, I got no reason to be mad at him for having a perfectly solid career and having pop songs. But I was just... Uh, more interested in seeing maybe somebody else uh, uh, who I think has a, a wider library of songs, but I appreciate that he came with a plan. You know, there was, mm-hmm. there was a co- staging and choreography and, uh, and odd things and people with <laughs> these masks that look like sort of underwear on their face. Um, <laughs> but uh, so again, I, I appreciated that there was spectacle um, while not all the music landed with me. I did appreciate that there was um, spectacle involved. And uh, one thing I've been noticing with this and also with the inauguration seems like, wait, one, this country has gone insane about fireworks. 
Uh, yes. <laughs> but but I think things are a little easier to do when there's not as many people to possibly, you know, mm-hmm. shower uh, fiery embers on. Um, yeah. So when you have smaller crowds, I think you can kind of pull off more stunts. Um, just even that, like, uh, my wife saying, wow, she's never, you know, they really used the whole field. They weren't just like on a stage. They like right. used the whole field. She's like, that's kind of cool. And I'm like, again, I think it's a little easier when there's just not as many people around that you and- have a little bit wider berth of creativity on some of the staging, which I also noticed at the inauguration. Yeah, and they weren't like putting together a giant stage on the field. Yeah. They were just on the actual grass and on the turf, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, so I was, yeah. So again, he was fine. Uh, I, I could think of someone yeah. else I'd, I'd rather see, but uh, yeah, he showed up with with pageantry. Yay! Yeah. Um, yeah. I was a little less impressed by some of the the the, the pregame, particularly mm. like the national anthem. Was like, what happened there? Like a country singer and a jazz singer sort of having like a vocal off. And I was like. <laughs> it was an attempt at unity that was, I think, uh, like probably ordained somewhere. It's like, ah, well, we'll show them some unity here. And I, it, yeah, I felt like it fell flat as well. Um, I felt that a lot with a lot of the, the, the things leading up to the game is, and you know, with I know there's been a shift in administration recently. And I feel like. The yearbook staff was sort of tired of like the jocks making all the decisions. So now they're going to kind of like counter program, but they're just trying a little too hard on some things. Um, so I, like it was cool to see uh, the the youth uh, poet laureate from the mm-hmm. inauguration. To Amanda Gorman. Yeah. About the captains. That was cool. But I feel like we already like oh, another one. By the time we got to her, I was like, don't do that to her. Don't yeah. put her in a string of sort of like, and here's this, and here's this special interest kind of thing. She's great. Just lead, you yeah. know, lead with that. Um, and one of the things I think is, you know, silly about that is just when people, you know, when when event planners get involved, kind of thing. It's <laughs> like the on the field itself, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is a great success story. You yeah. know, they have, you know, four black coordinators, two female mm-hmm. uh, coaches on the staff, and so again, there is the success story of like, hey, look. There is genuinely unity and diversity happening on the field. Why do we have to sort of bring in sort of, you know, a unity up with people to kind of like <laughs> yeah. that? I was just imagining, you know, I spoke to some people from my family before and I was like, just imagine them going, oh, crap. Oh, oh, God. You know, um, <laughs> well, again, I, you don't have to program for them. But I just thought like some of this, again, just that national anthem just seems so poorly conceived. And it's the national anthem. <laughs> I, I, I'm, you know. Uh, erratic and, and all that stuff, but I still think do a nice, solid version of that, please, because it is our our, our, our nation's song. And they you just not. reminded me, Tom, though, that the team that lost the Super Bowl was the team that had seven or eight thousand fans during a pandemic come in and boo unity yes. this year. So <laughs> right. I'm like, eh, okay. You yeah. guys kind of can suck it, really. I <laughs> uh, want to do this uh, really quick before we get to um, saying goodbye to the season. We did have the latest uh, inductees to the um, NFL Hall of Fame. Um, those are always announced um, the day of the Super Bowl, a tradition that I really like. Um, a nice little um, wrinkle to this. So I'll read them off. Uh, first is... Uh, 
uh, famed scout for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Bill Nunn. He's one of the guys that uh, did a lot of uh, recruiting and scouting in HBCUs, um, where the NFL traditionally didn't draft from and uh, do that. So he found a lot of uh, great talent there, John Stallworth and uh, and me, Joan Green. Uh, so he's been inducted. Uh, Drew Pearson, another senior um, senior thing who wasn't inducted in his first wave, uh, but is in now. Um, the other senior candidate was Tom Flores, for, former head coach and player for the Oakland Raiders. Uh, Tom, are you happy to have Flores uh, in the Hall of Fame? Very nice. Uh, I, I'm not standing here like, how is he not in this? Yeah. But he won the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so I'll always be very grateful for him too. Um, yeah. And uh, it's just funny. They, they sort of did a commercial kind of calling for that recently. So that was yeah. nice to see that paid off. And also uh, first Hispanic American coach uh, in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, we had Alan, Alan Fanica, who's a terrific offensive lineman for the Pittsburgh Steelers for years. Uh, John Lynch, safety for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and then Denver Broncos, now GM for the 49ers. Uh, uh, another Raider, uh, and then went on to play for other teams. Charles Woodson, uh, always just a great player. Uh, uh, we talked about this guy last week when talking about uh, Matt Stafford. Calvin Johnson was uh, uh, inducted in his first year, uh, totally uh, worthy. And then, of course, uh, Peyton Manning, where I think he had the – they do a sort of committee to – um, to talk about who uh, who is up, and somebody just went up and simply said, "Peyton Manning, next." And you're supposed to like make a case for why this person should just be in there. And he just said, "Peyton Manning, next." You know, yeah. and so there's you don't really need to say it. So congratulations to all of those folks. And anything stand out for you, Josh, out of those players and uh, figures? Well, Drew Pearson, of course, is a Cowboys fan. I'm glad to see that in the original 88. And that's the number if you're going to play with the Cowboys. That's the the one you want if you're a wide receiver, for sure. And, uh, and again, the second reference to old uh, football games was it was a, they used to have in the in the Madden game sort of like traditional champs. And you could always play with like the 72 Cowboys, which was a great team. So anyway, yeah, Drew Pearson, <laughs> go. he was great. Uh, and as you say, uh, Charles Woodson, just great. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I lament the current state of the Raiders, very talented on offense, but on defense, just a lot of guys who just get there a little too late. Um, yeah. That was not true back then. Charles Woodson, not afraid to, uh, you know, put a hit on somebody, but his his ball hawkishness and, and anticipation was just fantastic to watch. Yeah, and he he kind of knew what the offense was trying to do on every play. Yeah, he's just one mm-hmm. of one of those players, and and you know, good for the Hall of Fame committee. Um, they've uh, recently sort of realized that it's more than just quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs that need to be inducted. So we see, you know, um, offensive linemen. We see uh, uh, two defensive backs um, getting in. So uh, kudos to them. All right, we've got just a couple of minutes left. This is the end of the 2020-2021 season. Uh, uh, So, Josh, we'll start with you. Uh, This was kind of a lost season for the Dallas Cowboys, though there were some um, 
um, were some potential um, hopes uh, at the end there. What did you think about um, this season and your favorite team? Uh, well, it happened. <laughs> and I, as long as Jerry Jones is still making the decisions, I don't think we're going to have a lot of hope. Mm. Uh, they, they got, Mike McCarthy was an uninspiring hire. He proved to be that the rest of the year. Injuries, COVID, everything else, like just uh, so many things to be disappointed with, with my Cowboys. So if I were tying a super bow on it, (laughs) I would would just, uh, I would put my finger there and uh, just kind of, I don't know, set the thing on fire if I could. (laughs) (laughs) Tom, how about you? I, another reason I was disappointed that the Kansas City Chiefs did not win yesterday uh, because I wanted it to be able to say, eh, Raiders were the only team to beat the Chiefs <laughs> yeah. this year. Um, but not true. But Raiders clearly showed that they have the ability to play at a high level as they did beat them and the Saints and had some other games. But there's just things that are too similar. They sort of faded in the last third of the season as they've done mm-hmm. recently. And I just really hope that great you've got you know, players in the pro ball on the on the offense um now spend all your draft picks and capital <laughs> on bringing in uh, star defensive players they uh, hired Gus Bradley as their new defensive coordinator and uh so you know maybe he's got some relationships that he can call in but that's what we know uh it turned out that uh losing uh Mac um you know they, ended up in all these uh, yeah um, you know, that's how we got Josh Jackson and kind of thing, you know, but we just, and John Gruden just doesn't seem that interested in that side of the ball sometimes, which makes me a little nervous. Cause that's what we need. We don't need another speedy receiver. They're talking about maybe making a run at uh, Deshaun Watson. And I'm like, you've got a perfectly fine quarterback and you're going to have to give up whatever draft picks you have to get him. No. Um, so yeah. please go get two or three, just like, yeah, that guy at that position. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just for my team, the Buffalo Bills, we've talked a lot about them this year. Uh, <laughs> successful year. Uh, very, very fun. Um, got to win two playoff games. L- looks like we've got a quarterback, um, which we haven't been able to say for a long time. So that's really exciting. Uh, just like um, – it's just a reminder, though, how hard it is not only to make the Super Bowl, but to win the Super Bowl. And so, you know, there are a lot of Bills fans who are like, okay, well, you know, we've got a good young team, you know, we'll be back. And I'm like, it's it's hard. It's just really, really hard. Look at the Chiefs trying to repeat. They're just not able to do it. And so... Um, so we'll see. Uh, we're not going to... Uh, we're not going to sneak up on anybody this year, but... Um, I got to say, 2020 was a lot better when the Buffalo Bills were playing and winning every week. Now, uh, with this quarantine, I'm kind of like, wait, I don't get to do that anymore? What, what does this mean? You know, so that's that's mildly disappointing. But well, yeah, it was, it was a great year. And we are back here on Steve Sachs Syndrome, wrapping it up. Hey, Josh, thanks so much for coming on the show, for talking about the Super Bowl we're talking about the puppy bowl and of course making us drool about your tamales 
<laughs> well, you're welcome. And I know that you guys are going to be lost over the next few weeks with mm-hmm. no uh, no NFL. So I would and uh, you know, so you and your listeners should tune in to not the Pop Project, but the Pod project that i am currently doing uh, it's called josh and tom devour the world with tom chalmers also on the pod we talk about tom and i like to go out and uh, and devour Asheville in normal times it's not normal times so now we're just devouring the entire world talking about what we ingest and digest and uh, and things that we're we're doing and it's, it's fun we have a guest every week and this week it's aaron price of reasonably priced babies nice. uh, which is also uh, another project that tom and i are involved in and uh, he's got a new ep out so we're excited about that hey josh what's the what's the name of the podcast again and where can you find it Josh and Tom devour the world and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google podcast, Apple, Apple podcasts, wherever you find them, you can find them there. And uh, we'll have some great uh, reasonably priced babies news coming up where we are starting to look at some dates in the summer and hopeful keeping our fingers crossed. So uh, hopefully that will, that will hopefully we'll all be enjoying each other's company again soon uh, rather than just doing our life on zoom. And one one last football question: What was the name of your fantasy football team this year? Oh my gosh! I we got there were just a number of <laughs> of them over the course of the year. I like I, I change every week that I lose, and so that was most of the weeks this year. So I, <laughs> I literally have no idea okay. what, what any of the teams were at this point because none of them stuck long enough. <laughs> well, congratulations, uh, Tom. I know we want to say uh, goodbye to some folks this week. Uh, we do, as we'll do at the end of the show. Uh, getting a little crowded at this uh, mm. part of the uh, But one thing, uh, Pedro Gomez, uh, ESPN yeah. uh, contributor, uh, did pass away suddenly yesterday. That was news you could su- tell was sort of um, shocking the station as they were kind of doing Super Bowl coverage. Um, he was great, particularly with baseball coverage and tying into yeah. his Cuban heritage. Um, so uh, very sad. Yeah, great. You know, Hal Holbrook and Christopher Plummer and you know, just really great. But we'll stick with the world of sports. So Leon Spinks, boxer of a great fame who, uh, you know, all you need is that one chance to uh, win the title. And uh, he, he took it and won and then gave it back a little while later. But uh, um, so we remember him. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next week.